it's doing that again. I'm sorry. My name's Nathan. Yeah. That was so terrible. Like 1998 Eminem, terrible. I couldn't do the techno and my name. Yeah, that's possible. It's actually not impossible. It's impossible. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nathan. This is You'll Die Trying, episode 89. And we're going to talk about love. So I want to tell you a little bit about a, a quotation that I discovered that I had never heard of or seen before. I actually saw it in a tattoo. Okay. Here's the quotation, and I would like to get your reflections on it. We accept the love we think we deserve. That's pretty deep. Well, I think it's 100% true. Here's why. Once upon a time, yes. no, in my own, I can talk about it in my own relationship. It is hard for me to believe. It's even hard for me to imagine. And you should be able to imagine just about anything. And by the way, if you can conceive of it, it probably exists. That blows my mind to think about that. But uh, it's hard for me to imagine, let alone believe, that I am accepted and loved and treasured as I am, as is, not as if, by my wife. It is very hard for me to believe that. And I think, in part, that's because of the story that I tell myself self-limitation, self-berating, uh, self-judgment, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, all kinds of self-fees where I'm kind of talking to myself and thinking, you know, I, I definitely don't think that I deserve that. And I, that's why I think that quotation absolutely represents the truth. We accept the love that we think we deserve. So I think that some people will not allow themselves to be loved. And I think in part that's because they don't, at the at some root level, they don't believe that they deserve it. And I know that, I know that's true about me. I'm just going to be vulnerable right here in the first two and a half minutes yeah. of episode 89 of You'll yeah. Die Trying. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that I don't believe myself deserving of the kind of love that I get. And it's, because it's, it's pretty phenomenal. And the caregiving and the tenderness and, hospitality and the inclusion and the time spent. I mean, it's just crazy to think that this, like, you know, when you think about your spouse, like that's, you're the person your spouse wants to spend time with. And how cool is that? They get one life and they decide to, they want to do it with you. Like that is really neat. It's very humbling to me. And I, it's hard for me to accept. wonder where that started. Uh, for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure it has its roots in, you know, some childhood stuff, definitely dealing with, uh, death of a parent and 
um, I'm pretty different in a lot of ways. You are different. <laughs> yeah, period. I don't have to say then whom, just I'm just different. But I'm, I'm definitely different. And I think if my family were on the microphone, they would all say, yeah, he's, he's different. Weirdo. Um, you know, I'm the only one really to have kind of left, and certainly from my original family. The nest. Yeah, I had. There's one other extended family member who left for different reasons than I did, but I left and and I really I visited, but I never returned to make my life in the in my hometown. And I've pursued um, other things, and other people have pursued neither better or worse. Just I've pursued what I've pursued and have become whom I've become. So I'm I'm different. I have different uh, ways of seeing the world. I've, had a lot of privileges to travel and get educated, and um, I just have a different personality, and that's all good. But I think that you know, losing a parent definitely uh, makes you wrestle a little bit with who you are and what you want, and you know, it's that's every kid's fear that when it happens, it's pretty shitty. Yeah. So, and this month of recording, July, this is the month that. That it happened. So it'll be 29 years on the 29th. It's the golden anniversary. Holy moly. And I know people are like, 29 years, dude, get over it. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? Exactly. But of course, being a, a specialist in grief therapy, <laughs> I'll let you know that that's definitely not something that ever happens. Yeah. There's no getting over. There's just moving on. And I think those wow. are the three words that I've learned most about Life, if someone were to say, what do you know about life? In three words, life goes on. Yeah, it does not. It is, it is, uh, it's no respecter of ruthless. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, absolutely, utterly ruthless. Yeah, I, I think that I struggle with ex- accepting love. Oh, big time. Yeah. I think, I mean, arm's length, everybody, I, all my relationships for a very long time up until recent. Up until recent. Like breakfast this morning? Not breakfast, but up until very recent. I mean, yeah. holding, even holding Megan at bay and and the sense of not letting her in when we first started to quote unquote date. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to date. I'm not dating. I don't do this. And, you know, yeah, we, we, uh, I was, I was, I was really good at that. Which begs the question if we have a hard time accepting it, does it not stand to reason that we have a hard time giving it? Love, that is. And if we have a hard time giving love, but we think we're very loving, what is it that we're actually giving? And maybe that's some projection of ourselves. Maybe that's some kind of deep-seated selfishness or some kind of casual narcissism. Like if if I can't... Are talking about the 2010 Nathan right now? (laughs) I mean, did you pull my file from 2000? I'm I'm reading your chart. literally are reading my journal. No, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, just on myself, like... If, if I'm not able to accept it, can I properly give it? I think we can't love others until we've mm-hmm. loved self. And if I don't believe self-worthy of love, then that means I don't love self, which means I really can't love others. You're 100% right. You're 100% So then right. you wonder what feeling, what emotion, what verb, because I do think love is a verb. I don't think it's a feeling as much as it's a choice, although you, you can't tell your heart to love someone. It's very complicated. So it's kind of all that. Mm. But I don't think, well, I mean, what am I projecting toward another if it's not love? It must be some kind of self-interest. You're acting? Is there acting? There's probably some theater. Theater, yeah. Up in there. Maybe we're all thespians. We are. We're thespians. See? Which is not good. This is not a good No, 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 no. Not at all. Us. But that's a great analogy to say maybe we're all thespians in yeah. that world. Yeah. 
That's why we've titled this episode Thespians. Thespians. And it will give people an opportunity to look that up because it's not a word that we use often. Not really. I think... Uh, yes, Forrest. Used it. He is a thespian. And he used it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's good. So we're kind of circling back around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we'll just replay podcasts from, from him now. So uh, what is it in your life that changed that's allowed you to accept love and be more loving? I don't... There's a, there's a multitude of things. Mm. It, it was a realization that I sucked. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, I realized that I was not giving of... I was not... Mm, giving to the world all that I had to offer. I uh, was trying to take. I was I was kind of like the guy that was using all the world's resources, if you will, and not replenishing, cutting down the trees but not planting. A taker, yeah. yeah. And uh, this was, for a long time, everything I'm telling you all, it's very easy for me to talk about now because I am a good man and I give and I love and I allow love. For the longest time, I didn't. And it was hard for me to, uh, it was hard for me to admit that. Mm-hmm. You know, I lied to myself a lot. I think just a lot of self-reflection, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, therapy. Uh, I think, I think age. I think, I think uh, uh, adding years to your life helps a lot. Yeah. You know, don't you agree? I do, especially if you are intentional about how you spend that time. Right. Yeah, and I, I just and. As we walked together, Megan and I, through ups and downs and, you know, just a lot of realizations. I mean, she's very in tune, always has been, mm-hmm. uh, whereas some people aren't as always, aren't always as in tune as I wasn't. And so luckily I didn't, you know, I had somebody that stuck around and helped. And, you know, it takes it takes good uh, support. Mm. Would you not agree with that 100%? Yeah. You have to, you know, like we talked about last episode, is just like you you surround yourself with people better than you and, and good people that have your best interest in mind and teach you things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you suck right now. Yeah. No, I don't. That's back to that radical candor. Idea. Yeah. I, because I, I care about you, I can tell you the truth and you know it comes from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I, uh, you know, I think for me, uh, I do not excel in accepting myself unconditionally. I tend to be rather hard on myself. And I know that a lot of people will relate to that. Is that why whenever you'll say something kind of uh, self, uh, I don't know what the word is, that you'll say, Joy's going to be mad at me, but... (laughs) Oh, yeah, like self-deprecating. Yeah, Yeah. you're like, well, Joy's going to be mad at me, but this. Yeah, 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 because she does. She definitely sees me better than I see myself and... Probably sees me for better than I actually am. And I think that's the secret is the unconditionality of of her love is that's different for me. I'm not saying I did not have that growing up. I don't I don't remember that growing up because you don't have an opportunity to differentiate yourself as a an eight year old as someone who's like, I actually think a little bit differently than that. And can you accept that? Either way, I accept your choice. You know, that's like the classic definition of differentiation i'm me you're you can you accept that or can you be okay with that whatever yes or no i'm okay with that but this is the first time when i've really experienced 100 percent unconditional love we're literally that doesn't mean by the way 
that your spouse likes everything that you do. <laughs> Which is surprising because so, I really yeah. think that she should. Because, she absolutely should. I mean, every little thing that I do is pretty much perfect. Yeah. But what it does mean is even though we may disagree on, you know, why are you doing that that way? There's a better or more efficient way or, you know, why I, that, does, that wasn't maybe done the, the best way you could do that or, you know, why did you say that or did you just look at that person, you know, do you think that, you know... It's 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 about like so much more than that. It's so much deeper than you know the little everyday things that go on. It's like who you are at your core. I cherish, and I know that that person's there, and I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to support the growth of that person. I take the trash out like clockwork, but I don't ever put a trash bag back in. Ooh, replacing. You know I, the secret to that. I try what. Put five or six extra liners <gasps> underneath it so that you take it out and there there is a... I do that at the funeral home. I don't know why I don't do that at home. I do it at home now. And the, the secret is when you get to the last one, now you got to go back and get yeah. five more. But that, that way you only do that once out of every five times as opposed to every single time. And you know where our house is located. Yeah. And you can get to 54 like three different ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, anytime I get into the driver's seat, Megan will tell me which way to go somewhere always. So now whenever I get to the stoplight, you're at waiting. For I always to... say, where, which way do you want me to go? So she probably <laughs> literally to this day thinks I'm like terrible at stuff. And then sometimes when she tells me too much, I'm like, do you want me to pull over so you can drive? I say it very calmly. Like, she, but you're being serious? Very serious. Like it wouldn't bother you? Would not bother me one bit. But and, she hears oh that as a negative. Gosh, absolutely. She, yeah, because she'll tell me which way I need to go. Do you know where I'm really? I'm. I would say that I'm a, a I'm a good enough driver, as you know, as everyone. You're a good knows. driver, but you cannot. As you, yes, I'm not a good directional navigator, but in terms of the, like the 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 craft of driving, I think that I'm pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. However, I don't always come to a complete stop at a stop sign. Drives my wife crazy. I'm t- terrible. I was wondering how long you're gonna hold that out. I was like, God, your lungs are good. In parking lots. Are you? Because there are limited access. Do you right? have to go do you have to pull into the parking spot the exact same way? I do. No, 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 no. Oh, I have to go from Oh, I'm bad. I'll go down the lane that you're not supposed to go down and then I don't turn my huge truck Ram fifteen hundred into this spot <laughs> and then I have to kind of back it out and go back and Joy's just sitting there like I have to go from eyes roll. I have to go from uh, turn into, like, turn left into the parking spot. Oh, really? I can't, turning right freaks me out. Really? I'm like Derek Zoolander. I can't turn left. <laughs> well, I can't turn right. Yeah. Really? That's fascinating. Yeah, it's stupid. It's dumb. I used you as an example in a therapy session this morning. Oh, no. Did you say my name? Okay, if you did, I don't I care. did, yeah, because I, I, I said something that you had said in a podcast. Oh, I didn't know if you were saying like going off of like Derek Zoolander, like an idiot guy, model guy. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. This is someone who was dealing with some anxiety and it had to do with going into the grocery store. And this person <laughs> thinks that this person thinks that this person is crazy. So you said, please listen to episode 60 by Nathan, when Nathan Morris says. Is it episode 60? I don't know. That would have been un. And I'm not saying it's not episode 60, but that would have been awesome. I don't know. That would have said you listen to our podcast way too much. <laughs> Um, anyway, it, it, it was an opportunity to remind someone of two things. Number one, people who think that they're crazy aren't. It's the people who think it's everyone else who's crazy that you have to worry about. Mm. 
and I can say that without offending anyone because there's no one who's really crazy who would hear me say that and be like, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm the crazy one because crazy people never think it's them, right? So see, it's kind of like saying, yeah. you, you talk about ugly people and you're never offending anyone. Right. No one's like, I cannot believe they're talking about me like that. I can't believe ugly. By the way, that is not how ugly people talk and I just want to make I'd sure. talk like that. So I wanted to bring awareness to the fact that you it's not a, a mental illness to find grocery stores stores store st- stopping overwhelming God, so overwhelming so i said you know my friend nathan he <laughs> hates going into grocery stores and that's not a function of his mental illness that's a function of his being overwhelmed at the sheer volume of opportunity and the burdensome choice because Nathan doesn't like making choices. And that's a place where it's all about choices. So he doesn't go. So I thank you for letting me you're, you're welcome. utilize your story that you made public on the podcast. I, I would not if you had I not don't made ca- it public. I don't care. I think it's great. I think it's great that people can maybe feel a little less uh, crazy. Yeah. Because it's... Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yes, if you're listening, it is. It's 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 okay, but it's it's you. It's I your like thing. the grocery. Mm-mm. The grocery now, the one that we go to, Joanne, I go to uh, now has a little bar. It's a tasting bar. No way. Yeah, they have growlers where you can get craft beer, and uh, you can sit there and and nosh on some cheese and crackers and have a a beer. I think it's a limit too because it's considered a tasting bar, not a full operating bar. You can have two drinks while you sit in the in Kroger. I want to ask people who are listening, are you living life? Like, are you really living? Because it's pretty... Because if you're not drinking at Kroger, you're clearly not. Well, I'm saying, like, you enjoy... This isn't the only... This is not the only example where you all live and do the, let's be honest, like mundane. You said mundane task, but you make it an experience. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. It's really neat. It's just, uh, you know, people, they will... uh, see how cheaply they can go out on a date night like it's a it's like a challenge <laughs> like can we go out tonight and 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 have a date for 5 bucks you all okay first you go to Sam's and you eat okay dinner Framples. Framples. Mm-hmm. Yes. You By l- the way, we had Framples this weekend. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Kroger and you they have samples at Kroger too. Sample beer? Uh I don't know if they, they should you probably could. But I, we don't. But I mean, if you go to Sam's at the right time and you frample, you still have a, a net of five dollars. You haven't lost anything, and you can do a lot at Taco Bell for five bucks. I'm not doing Taco Bell anymore. I refuse. Really? I know. Why? Does it make you ill? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't do that then. Yeah, something we won't talk about. But I, I still love. <laughs> so depressed. I'm depressed about it. I still like the sauce. Yeah. Uh, I make home quesadillas now. I, meaning Megan, graciously <laughs> makes home quesadillas. Do they taste like Taco Bell? No. No. Yeah. No, but anything that is that big that is only $1, you know for a fact you should probably not ingest. So back to living life. Yes, please. I think it's important that people have fun. Like we, you only get to do this one time, mm-hmm. right? And why does everything have to be such a drag or so serious? Like, I mean, and if you are sent to the grocery store and, and your spouse has texted you, uh, you know, several scrolling pages worth of items uh-huh. and you're going to be in there for a little while and you're going to run into about 10 people whom you know and that's going to turn into a, probably 30 minutes of combined conversation, which, by the way, I love because that's where the community gathers. That's, that's where people 
gather. And I'm not going to ever go in there thinking, oh, I hope I don't run into anyone. I'm going to go in there thinking, I wonder who I'm going to run into. Yeah. Like who's gonna who's gonna brighten my day, or am I gonna get the opportunity to brighten someone's day? Or you know, you just never know. You walk into somebody and something just bad happened in their life, and they're there to get toilet paper because they're having family come in, and you know that's I'm, I want to know that. I wouldn't not want to know that, and I certainly don't want to read about it on social media. I'd much rather hear it from them. Yeah. Uh, and then when you go in as a couple and you do that, it's fun. Like the other day, Joy was like, "Why don't you let me go get this? You sit here at the bar and have a drink." And I was like, "That's so cool. Thank you." And it ended up I didn't because, you know, I wanted to go to the ice cream section because that's more important. <laughs> of course but, you did. But, uh, you know, I think it's all about perspective. And I think life is more enjoyable when you have come to accept the fact that you deserve to be loved fully and wholly. And when we cut ourselves down and believe that we are only worthy of this much or that much, and which isn't much at all, I think life is is pretty bland. What would you, Nathan, have to sacrifice? What would you have to give up believing or telling yourself in order to accept that you are loved and lovable as is, wholly and completely? What would I have to admit or give up? Mm -hmm. What story that you tell yourself would you have to quit telling? I am too... Uh, the first word that came to my mind would be uptight. Okay. So you believe you're uptight? Yes. I think I'm uptight. Uh, uptight, in my opinion, is... No, I think it's just uptight. Wound up tight. And you think that makes it hard for you to be loved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever checked that out? As in ask... Megan? Megan. Does my uptightness make it hard for you to accept me as I am and love me fully? I mean, I probably she'd probably say... It drives me nuts. I mean, but, 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 yeah, I love you still. I mean, she uses me every day, even when I'm uptight. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think uptight is, I think it's gross. Being uptight? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about it? Sure. What is... What makes me that way? No. I tend not to think <laughs> about that because that, that bogs you down. So let me phrase it another okay. way. What makes you that way? No, I'm kidding. What do you think contributes? What are the contributing factors to your wound tightness? Well, well, wheat thins. Um, I there are 42 people that have husbands and or wives or significant others that re rely on decision making. We've talked about that. That's right. that's pretty intense. Okay, there's a lot of moving parts, or a lot of things that are out of our control, and scheduling and all that stuff, and that gets overwhelming. We're at the mercy of a lot of other people. That gets mm -hmm. overwhelming. How are the people whom you serve helped by your uptightness? I'm using your word, by the way. And I don't think that there's a pejorative yeah. um, definition there. I'm just asking. Ask that again. How are the people whom you serve benefiting from your uptightness? What do you S Serve meaning fellow employees? Yeah. They don't benefit. It doesn't. I think a lot of my uptightness is internal because yeah. I would think if you would go to some of the team members, they'd be, I don't walk around They would say you are intense. Intense. But not necessarily uptight. wound tightly. Right, wound tightly. And yeah, I, it doesn't serve any good positive purpose to be that way. So what do you think keeps you there? Hmm, me? <laughs> I mean, like, are you in a sense convicted that this is a good way to be? No, no. I okay. think, no, it's a battle for me. It's like, get, chill out, get over it. Like, woosah, woosah. 
I, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the scheduling aspect because I used to not be so uptight. I used to be like, well, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It was it, I don't want to say it was almost the fault because I wasn't lying on my couch and watching TV all the time. Well, you know what I mean. I do. Uh, it's different now though because you're at the helm. Yeah, it's just there's and a, there your name is literally affiliated with rooftops. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just Rooftop. whenever you. For instance, a lot calling all these people and waiting on ministers or cemeteries or whatever to call you back. Ministers are the worst. I thought, yeah. Oh. No, I, I, it's not so bad necessarily. It's just they have schedules that they keep all uh, the worst. Oh, I just think it's, it's very, we're at the mercy of a lot. And if we overlook one small thing, then the ripple effect is great. Yeah. So there's a lot at stake yeah. all the time. So I think that that's something that causes my battle. Anyway. I understand. Keep going. I want to hear more about this. I want to know what causes or what generates the stuckness. So if I know, gosh, I am hard on myself and the people around me or closest to me are saying, there is no need to be. Be you. Enjoy your life. Relax. Let us love you. Love yourself. All Mm. is well. And I keep being hard on myself. Then it's like, okay, either I don't believe them or, what? I don't believe me. No. Or I think that my way being... is better or I'm benefiting from it in some way. Like, I mean, there is obviously a payoff to everything right. that we do. Yeah. And so if I'm going to continue to beat myself up, maybe that's my way of paying a tax so that I can keep doing what I'm doing. So it's like, oh, I feel really bad about that. But now I'm going to go do it because I felt really bad about that. Or you know that the there's maybe going to be affirmation at the end, which we need. So some people do tend to be hard on themselves in the mm-hmm. hopes that someone says no. In fact, you're actually, and then they start kind mm-hmm. of showering they start you, building with you cascading up. compliments, yeah. a cacophony of cascading compliments. A conco- Can you say it? You're smarter. So than that's me. kind of like a fishing expedition, mm-hmm. and that feels kind of gross to me. Like I have a bad reaction to that. So I hope that. Ah, and I know that's not me because I don't believe the affirmation. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's really nice. Thank you. <clears throat> but I, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, that's not, yeah, that's just not the case. I don't know what my being uptight or struggling with that would be I'm trying to dissect that in my brain, peel back the onion. Well, I mean, you might like it. It might give you a sense of being in control of the things you're not in control of. So if you're at least you're uptight, you're like, well, at least I'm thinking about things. I'm concerned about them. I'm worried about them. I can't change them, but I have them on my mind, and maybe that's enough for you. Yeah, and it's in the forefront of my mind. It makes me continue to be conscientious of the ongoings of the profession and the business, and maybe that's that. But I think it's it's good to be mindful of a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, uh, things that you're struggling with or not accepting negatives. Negativity, you know, like things that about are about yourself that you're like, man, that's terrible. I should change that. Right. Or, hey, that's terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I think being mindful of your weaknesses or your struggles is good if you're if you're conscientious about trying to be better. So I think we do need to be conscientious of our growth areas mm-hmm. at the same time that we claim our gifts. I think people think that it is braggadocious to claim their giftedness when I think if you can't claim your giftedness, then you're really not in a position to talk about your growth areas. It's kind of sweet this morning during the meeting, John. He's like, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit. That yeah. was really cute. Yeah, I thought that <laughs> was great. It's yeah, like, yeah, go for it. Like yeah. that, 
that's a kind of confidence that I wish you know more people would have. Like mm-hmm. I want to, you know, brag. We we might have a pejorative uh, hearing of that, a, a negative connotation of that word, but it doesn't have to be that. Right. It's I'd like to say something positive that happened to me, and I'm really grateful to have been a part of that. Like that's I'm not saying I caused it, and even if I were saying I caused it, that was a decision that I made that was great. You know, for once right. you, you could say, but. I think until you're able really to claim your gifts, you're not really able to think seriously about your your growth areas or your weaknesses. And I think people tend to believe that talking about their giftedness is selfish, braggadocious, and obnoxious. But talking about their weaknesses is somehow socially acceptable because society seems to gravitate toward the negative and celebrate the weakness. Always. And I think it needs to be, you know, the exact opposite. Well, if you're not going to talk about it, then at least why don't they write it down? Why don't we write down 10 things that were, that, that the gifts that we have? Yeah. Like, okay, let's, let's do that right now. What are three things that you can say without any hesitation that you're good at? I'm a really good dad, good businessman. I think I'm a good husband, uh, which I think... Uh, the the dad and husband go hand in hand, so there's two, and I think that I am just genuinely good with people. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. What about you? So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 89 what? of You'll no. Die Trying. I'm Jonathan. I'm I'm confused. <laughs> this is requiring me to do what I don't like to do, right? This I have to talk about myself. Oh. So I'm not, not a big fan of that. So, okay, I'll say that I am. Um, I'm a good. As I've said before, I I, I hope I'm a, I'm a, I am a, see I was going to qualify oh, it. Don't qualify. Three things go. I'm a good listener. I am empathic. I love thoroughly, easily, fully, wholly, without question. I'm trusting too. I don't think that's a very good thing. Sometimes I, I trust <laughs> yeah. too quickly, too easily. So well, I, I slid a, a third and a half in there. That's okay. I'm I, proud of you. Yeah, and you said ten. You notice what I did there? I, you made it go to three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I, I mean, that's that. I'm preaching to myself. I'm standing on my own toes because I think it's important that I too claim my gifts. It's so funny because I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by people who are really really comfortable saying, yeah, I'm really good at that. And I never think, well, okay, let's pat ourselves on the back. I never think that way. I'm like, good for them for claiming that. I think that's an honoring thing to do to one's creator because I think you're saying, you know what? This is something that I recognize about myself. It's a gift that I have. I probably didn't do any... I mean, I know I didn't do anything to earn or deserve or merit being an empathy type person, an empathic person. I didn't there's nothing about me or my own doing that created my ability to accept people where they are without judgment. I, I've never done anything to earn that. That's just something that kind of showed up. It was like parts that were included. Maybe not batteries, maybe not this or that, but empathy, that came with the, with the package. So I think that that's grace. I think that when we talk about grace, what we're saying is, in the words of Frederick Buechner, Here's your life. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. I created the world for you. Nothing will ever separate me from you. I love you. There is nothing that you have to do to earn or merit or deserve my love. God speaking to us, of course. 
uh, in the same way that you can't earn a good sleep or deserve the taste of raspberries and cream. It's a gift. All you have to do is reach out and accept it, and probably reaching out and accepting it is itself a gift too. I think that's what that's what we mean by gift. This was given, and for me not to acknowledge it is really dishonoring of the giver. So I want to encourage people to claim their gifts. Say what you're good at. Don't hedge it. Don't qualify it like I was doing. Just name it. Be honest about it. And then be honest about your growing areas. What do you want to do differently? What do you want to change? What would you like to be better at? Focus on the strengths, but every now and then, if you can compensate for some of those areas where you might not be as as strong. Pictured you saying all that beautiful um, I don't know what stuff. I'm, stuff on your toes, like a ballerina. You say, "Cause I'm on my toes." Standing on, stepping on my toes. Stepping on your toes. You right? know, how, like preachers will, they they say you quit preaching, you've gone to meddling, meaning you're stepping on some toes out there. That means you're like hurting some feelings. You're just oh no, getting too close to the truth. I step on my own toes. I think that's the only way to be. You know, that's the that's the beauty of storytelling. You can never be the hero of your own story. You always have to. Be the butt of the joke. You always throw yourself under the bus. Hmm. So if you ever hear yourself as being the hero of the story, you should probably change that. I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs>